Please turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Today we are celebrating, celebrating Christ's resurrection and ascension. Remember we left him on the cross in, in hell. And uh, wasn't that fantastic? Um, <laughs> not a lot of people know that happened. Uh, but, you know, there was a price to be paid. And we, we just... We need to remember how much of a price was paid. We know we see him on the cross, but we don't see him after that. And we don't realize how much was done. And um, Sarah brought this up last time when she talked about, you know, I said, sweetheart, it was two goats. I said, two goats. She goes, what? I said, two goats. She said, what's two goats? I said, it wasn't two lambs. It was two goats. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) One would be sacrificed and the other one would be let out into the wilderness, and that was to show that there were two prices to be paid, you know, and uh, we, we died both spiritually and physically when Adam sinned, and two prices needed to be paid, so, but Jesus Christ paid that price, and so in Second Corinthians, this is a time of rejoicing, amen, because we've been redeemed back to God, and Second Corinthians 5.17 through 19 tells us this. It says, therefore, this is one of my favorite scriptures, but I'm going to read beyond the part I normally stop and preach at. <laughs> it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and that's the ladies too. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, verse 19, and tells us what that ministry is. It says, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Amen. You know, God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself. Everybody you hate is included in that. (laughs) Okay? He reconciled the whole world to himself. Hallelujah. And it says, not imputing their trespasses to them. This is the good news. This is what we minister to people. Say, well, what's sending people to hell? Rejection of this good news. Amen. Amen. Because what Jesus did paid the price for everyone. Isn't that wonderful? And so this is what we are meant to be ministering or or sharing with people. He says, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So the moment that we made Jesus Christ Lord, we received that gift. Amen. And uh, we became a part of God's family. And why the Apostle John Remember again says, and this is another one of my, uh, you know, I think the whole Bible is starting to become my whole, my favorite scripture. <laughs> okay. But the Apostle John says in 1 John 3, 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. This is why. Amen. Because a price was paid and we're now his kids. Praise God. So let's go back in time a little bit and look at some of the events that took place to bring about this miracle. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to start today. I usually start a lot uh, further back, thank you. Uh, But today I wanted to keep it short. So (laughs) Matthew chapter 28, following his death and burial, and now we come to the resurrection. Matthew 28 verse 1, And now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. You know, it really blesses me when I see Mary Magdalene there. You know, this is a lady that had all these, I guess you could look at her and see 
where mankind was and where mankind can come to. Amen. Regardless of what the enemy might do to you, there is redemption. And God is greater than anything that the enemy can do. Hallelujah. I look at her and I just say, thank you, God. That's that's me as well. <laughs> you know, it's all of us, isn't it? And says, and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And they, they, they did this to anoint the Lord's body, okay? Um, and I won't give you all the scriptures. In verse 2, and it says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. I love this. Verse 3, His countenance or appearance was like lightning. And his clothes was as white as snow. You know, lightning has movement. He wasn't just a little bright light that sat there. It was as lightning. Amen. And look, and it says, And the gods, verse 4, shook for fear of him and became like dead men. I would love to have seen that. You know, as being a visual person, I would love to have seen what was going on. I mean, this is lightning in a bottle kind of thing. You know, I mean, it's right in front of you and it's happening. Verse 5, but the angel answered and said to the women, didn't even look at the men. Because they were there to keep Jesus. Remember, this, if we read back a little bit, we would have found out that the chief priests asked for gods to be set in front of the tomb. Because they said, oh, the Christ is going to resurrect. And we don't want their, his disciples coming in and stealing his body at night and saying, oh, he resurrected. Okay, so they set them there to stop, you know, this from happening. And so that's the reason why these angels aren't talking to them. Now, if they were shepherds or something, they'd be talking to them. But this, you know, they weren't. And so it says, but the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. The women, by the way, here is Mary, Mary Magdalene, this is two Marys, Salome, um, and Joanna. Okay, and it say, he's, they say, do not be afraid, for I know you seek, that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Watch, verse 6, he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. And then the angel says, come and see the place where the Lord lay. So who was the stone rolled away for? Not Jesus, because he's not there anymore. Right. Amen, he was just gone. So all the gods, it failed. He just, you know, he just disappeared. He's now in a different, you know, he's in a different body now. It'll, it'll disappear and reappear. He's going to do that from now on. He's going to suddenly turn up where the disciples are, and they're going to freak out because they didn't hear a door opening. You know, that's going to happen because he is now in a glorified body. You're going to get one of those too. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, praise God. Something we can all look forward to. So, <laughs> so this is for everybody else they rolled the stone away for. Just for them to come and have a look and say, he ain't here anymore. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, verse 7, and, he say, and the angel says, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. And the angel says, Behold, I've told you. Because that's it. I've done my job. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Verse 8. <laughs> Isn't that interesting that that was his job? You know, angels aren't these little blobs just floating around with nothing to do. They have jobs. And that was his job. Behold, I told you. That's it. I'm done. Okay? So... Verse 8, so they, the women, went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy 
because they're freaking out what they saw, okay? And great joy, and ran to bring his disciples' word. Verse 9, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Verse 11. Now while they, that's the women, were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. Now watch. This is really important. They told the chief priests everything that happened. The response should have been, wow, we messed up. If they were godly people, an angel has appeared. Jesus is not there anymore. Are you all with me? And the angel has spoken and said something. This isn't, you know, somebody, you know, using trickery. This is something that is beyond natural experience. This is, goes beyond the norm. Can I say that? <laughs> okay. And all of this has happened. And they, they were reporting back to the chief priests who should have been the ones that received this information and really understood the significance of all what all this meant. Right. Chief priests, you all get it? Yeah. Of this religion, not some other religion. Oh. Hello. <laughs> okay. And so it should have said, and they repented. Is not what it says. Verse 12. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. Verse 13, saying, Tell them, his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. Oh, you know, the penalty for sleeping on the job is death. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Verse 14, this is them trying to cover something up. And if, notice there's no repentance whatsoever in this. I want you to notice something here. There's absolutely no repentance. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. They're lying again. These people are just lying, left, right, and center. Meant to be in the ministry. Meant to be the elders of Israel, the chief priests. And they're lying through their teeth. Something miraculous has happened. Something wonderful has happened. We read in Corinthians that God is reconciling the whole world to himself. Good news, something, something has happened that has brought mankind back to God. And these people are covering it up. So, verse 15, they, uh, yeah, they, so they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among, them, among the Jews until this day. Isn't that sad? This is the story they're going off. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee. To the, now let's go into good news, okay? <laughs> to the mountain which Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. We're going to go check and see what happened to the, some that doubted in Mark's gospel in just a minute. Okay? Verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Oh, hallelujah. You know, that was one of the main reasons that Jesus died on the cross, to gain that authority back. Amen? Amen. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, briefly. Very briefly, okay? Because it, it says something that is very important there as well. 1 John 3, 8, 
It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So we see something else there. Not only was all the authority to be returned back to God and back to us, but he was here to destroy everything that the devil did in the meantime as well. Amen? That's our job too. Okay. Back in Matthew 28. Let's go on to verse 19. And, it's, and Jesus says, because of this, because all authority has been given to him, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, verse 20, to observe all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I want to go to Mark's gospel. Hallelujah. Because you all always hear Matthew's gospel. Right. Okay. <laughs> Um, Mark chapter 16 and verse 11. Isn't it interesting? The same event is recorded and Mark took 16 chapters to get there. Matthew took 28. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> no, there's a lot of teaching in Matthew's gospel. Yes, so that's why. <laughs> Mark chapter 16, I want to begin in verse 11. It says, And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. And after that, he appeared in another form, I mean verse 12, to two of them as they walked and went into the country. Verse 13. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe. Remember those two on the road to Emmaus? Okay, all right. And verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. I want to stop now. Let me take a moment here, okay? <laughs> I want you to notice how Jesus, or what Jesus considers hardness of heart. You know, we call a hard-hearted person somebody that's rough and tough and, you know, kind of one of those, mm, oh, he's hard-hearted, you know? Okay? No, no, no. You can have somebody like that, and they've got the softest little heart in the whole world, and they believe anything, <laughs> you know? I want you to notice that Jesus says a hard-hearted person, listen to me, is not a person who has bad mannerisms, who is impolite, who is any of those things. He says a hard-hearted person is somebody that will not believe when they have been ministered to and God has confirmed his word in some way or form. Remember every time you minister the gospel, every time you give the good news to someone, God will, will, will not maybe, not might, he will confirm that word in some way to their heart and let them know, this is me. Because if he didn't do that, then he can't expect people to just take other people's words for things. Because people will lie to you. Amen. We just saw the chief priest doing that really well. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, God has to play a part in this. That's why our ministry is a supernatural ministry. Supernatural meaning that God will confirm God is there. You are never alone. Whenever you say something, God will say, yes, that's true. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know that you get a witness in your spirit? Something that says, this is right. And when you sit down and somebody could be saying, sounding right. And using scripture and everything else. And you can sit there and go, this is, doesn't seem right. Something is wrong with this. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just off, you know? And you're just thinking, what is it? You know what? God isn't there. 
And the other times, and I've, <laughs> I've experienced both, I have heard people, bless their darling little heart, they don't know a lot about scripture, and they get all their scriptures wrong, but whatever they say, it's coming from, their, it's coming from God. And you know, he's doing the best he can with what he has. Hello, <laughs> okay? It tells us we don't have to be perfect to be used by God. We just need to be available. We need to have the right heart and we need to be transparent before him. Amen. Amen. And he will use anybody, family. Hallelujah. That is a soft-hearted person. A person that receives what God is saying. And says yes, not to you, to God. Amen. Now I shall continue. All right. <laughs> okay. I have three minutes left. Three minutes, eh? All right, anyway, back to verse 14. <laughs> so again, he says, Later he appeared to the eleven as his head of the table, and he rebuked the unbelief and hardness of heart, because, again, they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Verse 15, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. I love verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. And these signs, because of all of this, here it is. These signs will follow those who believe. I want you to notice the word signs. I want you to notice that he didn't, he didn't say this is everything that's going to happen. These are signs that will follow a believer. Do you know you should have signs following you? You shouldn't be following signs. Hello. Signs should be following you. As a believer, things should be happening and people go, ooh, that's a sign. Get it? You become the sign. Wherever you go, things are happening. And people should look at that and go, something different about this person. Wherever they go, stuff happens. Good things happen. Hallelujah. Just like some places, you know how some people go and they wreck everything? And you don't want to invite them. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, man, I, not that I do that. But, you know, I just know there are people that, you know, you just, it's a challenge. But there's others, they, it's like a rest. They come in and everything just settles down. And you feel the peace of God that passes all understanding, passes all understanding. doesn't make any sense. It just comes in and everybody settles down. And they go off and they go back to now. <laughs> okay? But that's a sign that should follow. Signs should be following us. Wherever we go, because of what God has done, because of what Jesus Christ has done, there should be things in our life that just show up just because we're there. Amen? And these signs should follow those who believe. Okay. He says, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. I want you to know, you know, I would have changed the order of this around. I'll probably put the demons at the end of the list. No, seriously. Who wants to go in a haunted house and, you know, deal with that stuff first thing? <laughs> Come on, be honest. Don't be super spiritual on me today. All right? I'm just saying, man. I mean, those are stuff that freak you out. Don't watch scary movies. Okay? <laughs> so, because that's all lies when it comes to you. To the world, yes, there is a power of darkness, but to you, they're running. Did you get the screams when Jesus and God spoke down? And ah, I had to go find those screams. Anyways, 
<laughs> it says here, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, notice the enemy can't poison you. Because you're doing all of this stuff, and it's going, let's just kill this guy off. Can't do it. Amen. If they drink, any, drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will. See, <laughs> I love this, the opposite. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Just in case somebody drank something, and it, you know, they're going down. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. These are one of the signs. You know, I want you to notice something here. It says just lay your hands on them. There is something about believing and doing something. There is something about your heart that Jesus says, if you learn not to doubt, it's an engine in there. There's power in there. It was designed to put out so much power that it would change things around us. When you, when you read Genesis chapter 6, and it says that their thoughts were evil continually, you begin to realize what caused that, the flood to come. I don't have time to get into the science of it, but mankind caused that flood. God actually held the thing back until Noah did what he did. And God, everybody that wanted to get on the ark, on the ark. And he was a preacher of righteousness. He preached, man. I mean, how would you like to live in that age? All you have is eight in your congregation. Well, seven, including you. Okay, he's eight. <laughs> right? Amen. Anyway, back to this. Let's finish this. All right. <laughs> Verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. I want you to know this way he's seated. At the right hand of God. Where are we? In Him. At God's right hand. Amen. That's what happened to us. Verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word. I like the version that says with signs following. It says here through the accompanying signs. Doesn't quite ring so well as with signs following. I don't know. I'm old-fashioned. Okay, all right. <laughs> I love that, that he confirmed his word with signs following. Notice two signs are mentioned here. Those that believe, signs will follow them. And the Lord will also get involved in that. He will confirm his word with signs following. You should have signs following you all over the place. Hallelujah. So in addition to this, and as we close off, uh, the Apostle John sees Christ in all of his glory and splendor. He says in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, because I don't want you to see him on a cross. I want you to see him the way he is now, seated at the right hand. He says in verse 13, And standing in the middle of the lampstands was the Son of Man. I really like it didn't say the Son of God, because he represented us. And if he's there, then we are there too. Amen? Amen. He's identifying with us here. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. Verse 14, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were bright like flames of fire. This is Jesus Christ. This is who lives in you. Amen? 
Okay, his feet were as bright as bronze, refined in a furnace. His voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. Verse 16, he held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was as bright as the sun in all its brilliance. We saw that <laughs> in the skit. <laughs> okay, amen. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one who died. Look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. He holds the keys of death and the grave, not the devil. Amen. He took those keys from him. This is who we serve. This is who we call Lord. And who now, once again, lives on the inside of us. I want you to see him this way. I don't want you to just see him as this suffering Christ. Okay. He is, there is a powerhouse living inside of you. Hallelujah. And that's the reason the Apostle John says in 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he or she who overcomes the world, but he or she who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Simple. Amen? Praise God. I, I'd like to read two more scriptures. Ephesians 2, 6 tells us God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're up there now. So not only do we have God living inside of us, we are seated right next to God. We are in Christ. Praise God. And added to this, I'd like to finish with 1 John 3, 2. He said there, Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Oh, hallelujah. We shall be like him. All the description I gave you, we shall be like him. Amen. Amen. He says, as, again, he says, for we shall see him as he is. Isn't this interesting? When we look on him, we'll become like him. I think that is something. I, there is an identification there. We're going to see and go, that, that's what's been happening. That's who I am. And for those of you, of you down here that get that revelation, you can walk in that power now. That's why he said, you can, you can speak to mountains, they'll move. You can speak to oceans, they'll shut down. Any storm. Amen. Amen. All because of what he did. Hallelujah. Happy Easter. Amen. That's what it means. Amen. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for what Jesus Christ did. We thank you, Lord, for the price that was paid. It was a horrible price. And we thank you because of it. We have been redeemed. We have been rescued from the power of darkness and now have the power within us through you because we are in you to overcome all the darkness. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that we shall be what you said. You said that we were the light of the world, because, especially because you live in, on the inside of us, Lord. Hallelujah. And we thank you that we allow your light to shine bright for all to see in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.